Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You're listening to Locked On Pistons, your daily Pistons podcast. I'm your host, Duncan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at DuncanSmithNBA. You can find my work on PistonPowered.com, and you can follow that at PistonPowered on Twitter as well. Uh, Today we are going to take a look at the NBA Finals, and we're going to see what lessons the Pistons can glean from the two titans at the top of the NBA and the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um... Obviously, there are some elements of those teams that the Pistons will simply never be able to match. There's only one LeBron James. Uh, there's only ever been one LeBron James, and there will only ever be one LeBron James. That's not something that the Pistons or anybody else can replicate. Uh, similarly, uh, the Golden State Warriors are largely built around the gifts of Steph Curry and Draymond Green, and the way they were built allowed them to plug in the incredible talent that is Kevin Durant. And really, when you look at the grand scheme of things, uh, function very seamlessly, even with the addition of uh, such a fantastic talent um, as Kevin Durant. Um, So the Pistons are never going to be able to make up this talent deficit, not because the players on the Pistons aren't good, but simply because there are very few players who have ever been as good as LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry, uh, both in just a sheer talent perspective, uh, and also um, what they can bring to a game in the way that they can uh, force an opponent to to basically warp to things that they want to be able to do. Um, And so there's no making up for that, but there are things that the Pistons can still learn um, from, from the Warriors. Uh, you know, if we if we look at the raw stats, uh, the basic stuff like you know three pointers per game, uh, three point success rates, um, the Warriors and the Cavaliers are both head and shoulders above what the Pistons were doing. The Pistons were in the the low twenties in field goal and three point attempts per game. Uh, they were last or second last by the end of the season, uh, whereas the Warriors were fifth in three point attempts shooting 31.1 per game. The Cavs were second at 33.5. There was just a fraction of a percentage of, uh, a fraction of a percentage point, pardon me, uh, between their efficiency, between their success rates. Uh, The Cavs hit 38.4% of their threes. The Warriors hit 38.3%. The Warriors were hyper-efficient with a 59.7 true shooting percentage. Uh, They had the second best defense, the best offense, and they did all this while playing at a dramatically faster pace. They played five more possessions per game than the Pistons did. Um, you know, we're going down the list of things that the Pistons can't ably uh, replicate, um, even beyond just the sheer talent gulf between those two teams and the Pistons. Uh, but what we can get into is something that is that really plagued the Pistons last season. Uh, it's something that Pistons fans in general. Uh, really find unacceptable, and that is effort on the floor. Um, you know, you, n- you never want to to say or assume that professional athletes uh, don't care or they're not giving their all. 
but for whatever reason, um, it, it certainly seemed as though the Pistons were at a an effort deficit in in many games last year, and in almost every situation, uh, it came back to bite them. The Pistons aren't good enough to have an effort deficit against really anybody. Um, you know, if if the Pistons come out flat and the Brooklyn Nets come out with nothing but effort, the Brooklyn Nets have a decent shot at winning the game. Um, the Pistons showed that by losing two of three games and very nearly losing all three games they played against uh, the Nets last season. And you, you can really chalk that up to effort. There are um, measurables to express effort. Uh, if we look at the hustle tab in the stats page on NBA.com, uh, you might be surprised to see that a team as eminently talented as the Golden State Warriors was also its most uh, its, its highest hustling squad. Uh, the, the Warriors led the NBA with 18.7 deflections with 7.7 loose balls recovered per game. Uh, they were third in contested uh, twos at 46 per game and they contested 68.4 shots per game. Uh, they faced just shy of ninety shot, uh, 89 shots per game. That means they contested more than 77% of all field goal attempts they faced. Um, you know, in comparison, we look at the Pistons, who, again, with with a talent deficit like they have, they're simply not going to be the most talented team on the floor most nights. Uh, they were 26th in deflections with 13.9. They were dead last in loose balls recovered at 5.8. Um, now that's a stark number because that's a full half per game behind the Utah Jazz who actually play a slower pace than the Pistons so we can't even chalk this up to fewer possessions per game there's no excuse really uh, for just coming up with such a a remarkably low number of recovered loose balls um, so 5.8 per game recovered uh, they contested 60.1 field goal attempts per game. That was 27th in the NBA. Um, they contested just 72.5 attempts per game. That's almost five full percent less than the Golden State Warriors, a team that really shouldn't have to play as hard or try as hard as a team like the Pistons. Um, the the gap the gap there is is very significant. Um, if we look at the, the Pistons' leaders in these hustle categories, uh, we'll take a look at Andre Drummond, who led the Pistons with 2.9 deflections per game. That's only 23rd in the league. The Warriors had two in the top 12 in Draymond Green and Steph Curry. KCP led the Pistons in loose balls, re in loose balls recovered at 0 0.9 per game. There are 50 players per page on the stats pages of uh, stats.nba.com. He's not on the first page. There are 60 players ahead of, of KCP and loose balls are covered per game, and he leads the Pistons in this category. Andre Drummond is 21st in a league in shots contested among centers. Not, not among all players. Among centers, he is 21st in shots contested with 9.1 per game. Tobias Harris leads the Pistons in shots contested with 9.4, and he's tied for 33rd. 
the Warriors have two guys in the top 30 in shots contested per game. You know, the Pistons, like I keep hammering on, the Pistons are not a team that can afford to be outworked. And it's really not something that this fan base is willing to accept. You know, the the teams that that the, the Detroit fan base, the Detroit area fans have have loved and adored throughout the years are the bad boys teams, the going to work pistons, you know, with with Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Isaiah Thomas and Bale and Beer and these guys who did leave it all on the floor and there was no doubt that they did. And there was no question or, or excuse that like, you know, some nights they didn't. Um it simply wasn't a thing that that ever happened, and those teams were better than this team. So for this team to be the one that really doesn't bring it every night, that sometimes feels like they can just coast to a victory, um, is not acceptable. It's completely not acceptable. Uh, hopefully, we will find a a renewed energy and a renewed focus on just sheer effort because effort can win you games alone um, but a lack of effort will cost you games even if even if everything else is going fine a lack of effort will certainly cost you games and when you've got teams like the Warriors who leave it all on the floor pretty much every night uh, whether they need to or not uh, from their stars on down um, there's really no excuse for a team like the Pistons who certainly gets paid like it's a team full of stars. Uh, there's really no excuse for them to not be leaving it on the floor every night. And we saw an example in this past NBA Finals of of a team that leaves it all on the floor. That is like sheer effort through and through. But effort plus skill. And... Um, the Pistons don't have a path to be able to match that skill. But there's no reason that they can't match the effort. So uh, that's our takeaway from the NBA Finals, uh, in spite of the fact that it ended in a five-game, uh, 4-1 to win for the Warriors. I found it to be very entertaining, uh, especially as the series went on. When it, when it moved back to Cleveland, uh, the series definitely took a turn uh, for the more dramatic and interesting. And I, I, I didn't really have a a dog in that fight, but I was really hoping that series could go back to Cleveland and we could see uh, we could see a couple fan bases really sweared out and we can see what the Warriors and the Cavs are really made of in a, a tight series for the second year in a row. Alas, the Warriors won and uh, capped what was pretty much a foregone conclusion since uh, July 4th last season, um, but I think that for a lot of fan bases it was a great season. Um, even for the Pistons there were some great moments. Uh, February and early March was a lot of fun where the Pistons had the fourth best record in the NBA for almost seven weeks. Um, obviously that ended up being fool's gold, but uh, that that was a stretch that gives the Pistons some hope going forward. And it was also, if memory serves, it was also a time when a scrappy bench unit led by Ish Smith and Stanley Johnson and Aaron Baines and Tobias Harris uh, were really gutting it out and working hard and uh, it, it can be a lesson to the rest of this team as well that uh, hard work pays off. So um, with that, let me thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this program, you can do so by 
rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, uh, whatever your podcast source of choice might be. Uh, you can also go to our sponsor, SeatGeek, uh, and, and use their product. They have an app that you can download to your phone. Uh, if you go to the settings tab in that app and enter the coupon code LOPISTONS, you'll get your first, you'll, pardon me, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. And you can use SeatGeek to quickly and efficiently and uh, cheaply find tickets to your sporting events and concerts and various shows. Um, it's uh, it's sort of a, a ticket aggregator, so it searches through StubHub and the other uh, ticket resale outlets, and it, it'll evaluate and show you in... Uh, in a deal score format, basically, uh, green is good, red is bad, and the colors in between. You 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 want to aim for green. Um, it's a very simple format. It's a very simple interface, and uh, it's the only way I buy tickets. So I, I recommend that you uh, you go to SeatGeek, download the app, go to the settings tab, enter the coupon code LO Pistons, save twenty bucks on your first purchase, and uh, that'll also let them know that you came from us. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.